Welcome to Big Time Adulting, the podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Murray, and I'm here to take it deep with you on adulthood, womanhood, motherhood, and whatever other things end in hood that we can think of. It's going to be real, it's going to be honest, and we are going to laugh until a little pee comes out. If you've been looking to find a podcast to relate to as a woman and a mom, and you're kind of awesome, which you definitely are, subscribe now. Good day, my friends, and welcome back to the latest episode of Big Time Adulting here this week in advance of everyone's least favorite fucking holiday. Uh, I have Sophie Singer, the founder of Sophie Love. She's a professional matchmaker and dating coach. How fucking cool is that? Um, Sophie, say hi. Hey, everybody. Hey. Happy February. Um, oh, thank God. We made it to February. I, I was like, January, everybody hates January. It's so long. And then February gets like all this love because it's a short month. But it's just it's just a group of days in the winter, which <laughs> fucking suck anyway. And then comes March, like January's evil twin. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, I was going to make a joke about this episode not being explicit, but we all know that's not true. No way. Um, so I, so Sophie is here to answer some like great questions about dating and love. Um, but I just wanted to talk about how Sophie and I first came to know each other, which is we found each other on Instagram. Sophie actually found me and we had this instant connections, like really like-minded with the parenting stuff, but also both of our sons are going through treatment at the same time, um, but under very different circumstances. So, Sophie's son, Ori, who's Ori's eight, Sophie? Eight and a half now, yeah. Eight and a half um, has been living with a brain tumor, which happens to be benign. However, still has to be managed for growth through radiation and chemo, just as if it were a cancerous tumor. So going through all of the stress, strife, scariness of dealing with a child going through such a serious illness and condition. And so we had this extra level of understanding um, with what we were both going through as moms. And so Sophie, actually, will you give everyone a quick update on where Ori is today? Of course. I would love to. Ori's doing absolutely awesome. His humor is, it is a brainstem glioma. It is virtually inoperable. So we have to manage that. Um, he has no symptoms at all. He just finished another round of extremely light treatment last year. And um, I mean, he has he has no symptoms. He lives like a normal kid uh, with no visible symptoms, no invisible symptoms. He um, We monitor every, we do MRIs every three to four months, which obviously mm-hmm. is a little scary every time. But um, we're in a great place. We've been in a great place for a while, and you know we're just we're just riding this wave of stability and just hoping that it continues forward this way until he outgrows this thing. Absolutely, and he will. And he's amazing. All these <laughs> kids are amazing. And um, so thank you. I'm so happy. I know. I mean, I already know that, but I'm I'm happy that everybody else knows that Ori's doing great, and he's fucking rock star. He's a little rock um, star. Thank you. 
Yeah. All right. So let's get started with the love shit. So <laughs> a lot of people actually wrote in with questions about finding love and dating. And some of them are young and single and others are in their 40s or 50s and beyond and looking for a second chance with love. So I wanted to ask you some of the top questions that came across um, for people who I polled on Instagram. So just let's get one thing out of the way. Sophie, tell our friends where you are based. Okay. So I'm based in San Diego, California. Um, I work with clients all over the United States and also internationally. Um, The way that works is that I have an extremely wide network of certified professional matchmakers. We collaborate very closely with one another and, um, and like on a daily basis, we're matching our clients with each other, our database members with each other. And so realistically, it's really not about where your matchmaker lives. It's about who they know and who they have access to. So yeah, but I'm in beautiful, sunny San Diego. It's 68 and sunny outside. GFY, it's 35 and raining outside here. Um, <laughs> so basically you have, you can, you help people all over. Yes. Finding yes. Love. And I, and I do. And when I do the online dating services where I'm kind of hijacking people's um, online dating apps and training them, that's truly, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be on the North Pole and I could do that for you. So everything's remote and digital. It's just very easy these days. Sophie can help you wherever you are. Wherever you are. So, okay. So let's start with some of these questions that people had. And um, the first thing is kind of a multifaceted part question. And so how hard is it to find love after your 30s? Like, is this an impossible feat? Like, or not at all. No, I mean, well, after your 30s, I mean, these days, people in their 30s are actually just starting their searches for love. So um, people would, you know, 30, 40 years ago, by 30, everyone was married, having kids. Now, uh, they're old maids. Yeah, they've bumped bumped up 10 years, you know? Yeah. I would say men and women in their 30s are usually looking to start, um, you know, settling down, having a family, um, all that. And then, of course, once you go further up in the age demographic, 40s, 50s, everybody's like in these different life stages. Um, You know, I'm very honest with all my clients, though, about age ranges because I get that a lot. Um, You know, what age range should I be dating or open to dating? And um, I think it's really important that people understand the reality. Um, so for women, um, age range, I would say for women who are 30, in their 30s and up, um, I would say you should be open to dating five years down and 10 years up. Um, and I'm actually surprised it's not even more than 10 years up, to be honest. I would love more than 10 years up, but I think realistically asking someone to be open to like you're 35, 45 is already feels like a push, right? 
if you're 40. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if I were, if Mike died tomorrow mm -hmm. and I had to go out there and search for somebody to date, I would not be opposed to a silver fox, I have to say. There are so many silver foxes. And I always tell people, I always <laughs> tell women, I'm like, men, people take care of themselves now. This isn't 30 or 40 years ago. Everybody is you know, like they're, they're usually in good shape. They yeah. take care of their skin. People avoid the sun now. Hence the fox part of yes. the silver. Silver, yes. but a fox. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. so five years down, 10 years up. I think 10 years down for women is, you know, women are just in general more mature than men are. So I don't recommend no. going five years, more than five years younger. Um, for men um, in their 30s and up, um, I say realistically 10 years down <laughs> and uh. if, if I'm lucky, they will say five or six years up. Um, men just are hardwired, like genetically hardwired to, um, be attracted to younger women. And that's, that goes back like scientifically, right? Like seek out to Spread the seed, procreate human race, seek out fertile partners. So there is science behind it. They're not all just a bunch of assholes. Um, um, but I'm having a hard time. I know with it, but, but no, no, no. Yes. But it's listen. The whole the reality is it it does it, it is not fair for women at this point. Um, yeah. You know, and also men are allowed to age more and. You know, and women are expected to. Yeah, they, they like, be, like I said, silver fox, like they become looking more distinguished and almost like right. more attractive in certain ways, like because I feel like women are looking for more emotional growth at yes. a certain point, too. And maybe that signifies that they are more matured and, you know, and self aware. Right. But think about this, Caitlin. There is no term. Silver fox is like, you think silver fox, you're like, ooh, that's hot, right? Is there a women a, 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 an equal term for women who are who have gray hair? No, no, no. There's there's no. It's like an old man. I mean, cougars maybe, but that I feel like cougars. is a term that like no. kids in their twenties say about women who are like thirty five. No. <laughs> you know, like oh that cougar. I'm like shh, she's fucking five years younger than me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, think about it. There's just no equivalent female equivalent to silver fox. Yeah. Milf? Milf? Listen, though, you could always be young at heart. Listen, I match women and men age appropriately. I will not work with a client if they are unrealistic and inappropriate with their expectations. So just so you know, I don't match men who come to me who are 60 and say, I want 30-year-old. That doesn't jive with me, so... Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. So listen, so actually what, if people are dating right now and, you know, I feel like it would be so exhausting to just be like looking for somebody, whether it's, you know, settling down for the first time, if you're, you know, getting into your mid to late thirties, you've now been dating for a, maybe seriously for a solid 10 to 15 years. And, you've just been through the ringer with it. So how, 
would you recommend to find out about somebody's real personality without wasting too much time, but also like without sounding kind of like desperate or like you're coming on too strong? Like, you know, are you ready to get married and have a baby tomorrow? I don't want to ask you that right now, but really that's what I want to know. Um, look, <clears throat> I think lately there's been this term called hardballing that people are doing in the dating world. They are asking those questions. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And actually I don't think there's anything wrong with asking those questions before you even meet somebody. If they're like, if you're looking to start a family and someone on a dating app does not say anything on there about wants children, like I want children someday or don't want kids or maybe, you know, I would actually just ask that in the chat before you meet. So, hey, I noticed you didn't say anything about, um, family plans. Do you want kids someday? Because, you know, and, and if they're scared away by that question, just in a back and forth, then um, you don't want them. You don't want to go out with them. But as far as finding out someone's real personality without wasting too much time, I really hate the term wasting too much time. Um, I, I get that a lot with people who come to me wasting. I, I don't want to waste my time going on a date with the wrong person. I only mm -hmm. want to go on dates with the people who seem like they're exactly right for me. There is no such thing as wasting time when you're dating intentionally and looking for a long-term partner. Realistically, you need to spend time talking to someone either over video on the phone or ideally in person to get to know them. And so to me, going on, let's say a video date, then a second in-person date and a third in-person date, even if you're not sure, is not wasting time, okay? Um, unless you are, I don't know, a brain surgeon or somebody who really just has absolutely no time because you're saving lives. <laughs> um, most people aren't in that position. And so um, realistically, that initial, people are always looking for the initial spark, that yeah. spark means nothing, okay? Highly recommend anybody out there who is dating, go out and purchase Logan Urie's book, How to Not Die Alone, The Surprising Science That Will Help You Find Love. Oh. Get it, book. read it, do the activities, do the quizzes, find out what kind of dater you are. She has an entire chapter called Fuck the Spark, okay? Nice. Spark does not mean anything for long-term potential. Give that person two, three, four opportunities for you to get to know them. That's when you'll see if there is a potential for a connection to grow. Just because you want to rip each other's clothes off when you first meet has nothing to do with whether you'd make amazing long-term partners for one another. Yeah. Or or nothing to do with whether or not you'd want to rip their clothes off in 10 years from now. You know, exactly. it's like- Everything changes. Everything changes. That is 100% true. We all know that when we've been in long-term relationships and marriages. I mean, don't see the dates as wasting time. Each one allows you to learn more about that person, gives you an opportunity to potentially have this connection with them grow. That slow burn is what you should be looking for. And you learn about yourself. I mean, some of my engaged and married couples, they were on the fence about going on the second date. Okay. And now that's their husband. That's their wife. So default to a second date, even a third. Yeah. I think after three or four dates, if you have no desire at all to even kiss the person, I feel like you can 
you can call it. You can move on. Yeah. Can yeah. Move but, on. but, but yeah. it's not wasted time. But be patient time. and, and don't judge a book by its cover. I mean, I'm all for like personality too, you know, give me a nerd. I really, yes. I, I would be like fully attracted to that person's personality more than anything else. I a hundred percent. And like a lot of times people who are going to make really good long-term partners, they don't do the best first date. They're not like sparky and charismatic and dynamic, you know, initially when you meet them, right? Like after right. each date, I tell people, think about how you felt when you were on the date. Did you laugh? Did you have fun? Even if you're not sure if you are attracted to them, like how did you feel when you were apart from them or in between dates? Like, is there anything more that you want to learn about them? Like, stop. Our, our brains automatically go to negative. Like, what was wrong with the person? Train yeah. yourself to override that and really try and find what you liked about the person. Yeah, I love that. It's just, it's it's also just a nice metaphor for life in, in a lot of ways, too. It's just like, be patient with things. Like, don't go up. After the shiny object, you know, like respect the journey, et cetera. 100%. So, how about if you're dating, whether whether you're in your 30s or your 40s or 50s or beyond, mm -hmm. what are the best apps for people that typically result in good outcomes with matches? You know, um, I I do a lot of online dating for my clients in addition to the matchmaking. And so I usually like to go my start. When you say that you do online dating for them, can you explain that sure. a little bit? Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's awesome because it's called a professional online takeover. And I actually think I would be really good at that job. Well, Caitlin, you might you need to outsource the dating. Well, I, I do have a team of two people who do it for my clients that I oversee, and there might be a, a need for a third. So we can talk about that. <laughs> who wants Caitlin to do their swiping and chatting? So listen, there are chick tricks and tips and hacks on how to be more intentional about dating. Um, a lot of times people go online, actually almost all the time, they go on the apps, they get burnt out really fast. Yeah. It's soul sucking, it's draining. Um, people experience what I call micro rejections. They just mm -hmm. don't even realize it, right? Like you're swiping, you spend like an hour swiping one night and then the next morning you're like, oh great, I only got like these six guys swiped back. And so even though you didn't realize it, like that kind of felt, that was like a little, yeah. little mini rejection, right? And, yeah. then, and then you're talking to those guys and then oh, only like, I don't know, <laughs> three of them lead to a conversation and then maybe, maybe one leads to a date, right? Um, so, so there's all different ways to kind of, you know, approach that, hack it and make it less of a kamikaze thing, like kamikaze mm -hmm. dating. Like, okay, well, this is the one that the conversation continued with. So this is the one I'm going to go with. And so what I do is I actually, which with each client, I do a photo shoot. That's included. Mm -hmm. um, we get some awesome pictures. We mix them up with regular photos of theirs that they would use on an app. We completely rewrite their profile. We make it so that it is extremely um, like appealing, easy to comment on. We What we call message bait. Um, you know, we, we use prompts that are specific, you know, we offer specific, interesting information about 
that person so that someone else can comment on that and not just be like, Hey, how was your weekend? Like, let's, let's be specific. Right. Um, and yeah. And then what we do is we actually go on the app as them Uh and we do some swiping and some liking and some matching and we see who we like. And then our clients approve matches that they got online. We chat them up. We make sure that we are finding out what their deal breakers are, right? So we're not going to set up a date with somebody who doesn't want kids if our client definitely wants kids, right? Right. Um, So we, you know, we ask the questions, but we keep it short, just like I would tell any client to do when they're doing it themselves. I'm not like chatting with these guys for, or, or women or men for like a week. I mean, we're, we're like talking like one to two days. And the expectation is that there will be a video date in-person date, or at the very least a phone call set up within that week. With I feel like that must be helpful because like it takes the insecurities off of the person who would be doing the swiping and the chatting away because you probably hesitate to reach out to certain people or, you know, whatever. So that's great. It's an, I, I feel like that would be a super worthwhile service. Yeah. And we, we, we show them how to do it too. So when they are done working with us, either they want us to continue, either they've met somebody or they want us to continue because it's so convenient and they don't have the time. And it's really just outsourcing that heavy lifting and time sucking activity to us, or they've learned and they can apply those things themselves. So yes. And and there's so much less emotional drainage when someone else is doing all that for you. And you're just looking at the picture of the profile and a quick snapshot of the chat. So Going back so, to what apps? What it, well, yeah, okay, yeah, go. So go ahead, tell a, a couple examples of your favorite apps. I like Hinge as a yeah. swiping app. Like that's my favorite swiping app. Um, I would say Match.com. I know it's old school, and people are like, "Oh, it's lame." It's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually put a lot of my clients on it. I like it. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like those are my two favorites. Bumble's cool. I don't love the whole like twenty. Your match expires in twenty four hours. I mean, it's cool that the oh. women women have to start the conversation so you okay. can get liked, but a, yeah, yeah. I can't reach out to a girl. Um, yeah. but then if you match, you only have 24 hours, um, to start a conversation yeah, and then the match disappears. Although you can find Jeez. it later. It's, it's fucking pressure. It's cover. pressure. My, some of, I had a client once who said, well, I like this app because, um, because it's more like, shit or get off the pot you know, you know? yeah <laughs> just like i mean i can see that but still it's like what if you're just having a busy day and you're like wait a second yeah, that's, that's 24 hours. yeah that's the problem um so that i but but again it's still it's still not bad and if people have more niche you know like search parameters like somebody who only wants jewish of course there's jdate there's jswipe there's christian, right. christian mingle i mean there's so many different ones right right Okay, so Hinge and Match are your two top two favorite apps. Yeah. Now, beyond the apps, mm-hmm. some people are just like fucking over the apps yep. or just can't do the app thing in general, just don't want to want to do it the old-fashioned way. Is there an alternative to the apps that's maybe, you know, more efficient? Not more efficient than an app per se, but just more efficient than just like, you know, going to a bar. Okay. So apps are not efficient. 
Um, so just, mm. yeah, let's just start there. They take forever and that's why people hire me to do it. Okay. <laughs> they okay. Came, but they I'm not, I was beyond the app game. Like yeah. I never even got, I'm kind of annoyed that I never got to try. The well, apps. I met my husband online 11, yeah, yeah. 11 years ago, but it was pre-swiping, yeah. but it was, you know, I met him on eHarmony. Um, yeah. but three months after we matched. So it was like, kind of almost didn't happen. It was like, just right. very kind of random, but I'll tell you. So there are only a finite number of ways to meet new people. So this really actually isn't that complicated, right? So one way is getting set up by people, friends, family, coworkers. I would say, let people know that you are open to meeting someone and would welcome being set up and be yeah. open to potentially being set up with someone who isn't a match and it's okay. Again, just be open to those opportunities. And I tell people, just let go of the outcome. Of, yeah. of a date. You're just meeting a new person. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm wasting this precious evening of mine that I could be watching my favorite show. Just get over it. Just go out and meet a new person. Have fun. Who knows? Maybe that person knows your future wife or husband. Yeah. What if this is going to change the trajectory of your life in a different way? You have no idea. So tell people you want to be set up. And also, when your single friend or when your married friends ask you, so how's the dating life going? You know, which is an annoying question for single people. Um, is it? Yeah. You know, I would say answer back, you know, it's hard to meet somebody. Do you know anybody? Because I'd love to be set up. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, remind them that you're single so they keep you in mind. People forget. Just remind them. Yeah. Um, other ways, obviously, to meet people is to actually meet them in person. Get out of the house and be around other people. Um, pick up some hobbies. Meetup.com, like... Eventbrite. Um, pick outings. There are so many different things other than sitting at a bar and hoping someone walks up to you or you walk up to someone. I mean, there are so many ways to do things that you enjoy. So I think you should pick things that are like a good combo of something that you're going to have fun doing, but also gives you the opportunity to intermingle and talk to people. So if you're hiking, join a, if you love it, you know, into hiking, join a hiking club um, right. or go on, go to a hiking meetup. Uh, if you're so into basically like do something that's worth your while one way or another too. Yeah. Because why, when you pick something you like, you are going to be having somebody. fun. And you are going to be in a good place to meet somebody, right? Like you're going to be sending out that happy, I'm having fun. Yeah, like, energy. look at me. I look like I'm ovulating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like those singles events that are just for singles, people feel kind of sad and pathetic and dread them. And so oftentimes mm. when you go to just a singles event, it just feels so forced as opposed to like, meeting somebody on a super rad hike and you're like, Oh, actually. And, and, and it's just, it takes the pressure off. It's not about dating. So, um, that makes people attractive when they're happy and having fun. That's extremely attractive. So, and then obviously another way to meet somebody is to work with a matchmaker. Um, boom. boom. Okay. So Listen, not everybody can afford to hire a matchmaker to search for them. Um, if you can, highly recommend it. It is amazing working with me, of course. <laughs> um, and I do, I mean, everything I do is results driven and, you know, science based. And obviously I've set up over a thousand dates in my career so far. And um, 
Oh, you can't see, but I've got pictures of all the adorable client engagement. Oh. Um, but, but really you can work with a matchmaker. You can work with me for free by being in a private database. And most of us matchmakers have those boutique matchmakers. Yeah. Um, it, you just sign up, it's private. No one else sees it, but our team and you, you might be eligible for matches with, with, uh, paying clients. I had a free member get engaged last fall, this last fall. That's so cool. Yeah. She got engaged to some another matchmaker's client actually. So you're not only being, you're not only, um, your, your, your databases are pooled that way or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we you help each other. We broker, we broker our amazing single people with that's them. That's smart. Yes. And it's, awesome. it's such a win-win. So yeah. So I would say those are really kind of, kind of the only ways to, <laughs> to meet people. And, All um, right. They're fun. Yeah, I, I think I could get down with doing some fun things or just holding a sign by the side of a highway or something like that. Like, I'm ready to date um, <laughs> if I were. Anyway, wear scantily clad. Anyway. Dude with sign. Dude with sign. Dude, Dude with, with sign. sign. Here's my number. Um, all right. So, like, I have another topic that sort of shifts from dating to maybe ending relationships if you're thinking like, God, I'm not that happy in my current relationship. And um, is this where I should be? And should I be considering divorce or should I be really making an effort to reconcile and figure this out? And so what, what are the, you know, the signs that you're, maybe you should be moving on or vice versa. You should try to make this work? Okay. It's a great question. And I actually get it a lot, um, from people I meet who are married. Um, and their things aren't great. They're thinking about getting separated. They're feeling over it. Um, they feel like they'll be happier alone or with someone else. The idea of someone new just sounds so appealing to them. So honestly, my advice is, and this is really important, barring any situation that involves any form of abuse. So obviously, if you're in a relationship that has any form of physical, sexual, emotional, verbal abuse, any of that. or Bye-bye. Bye, that's an immediate bye-bye, like, like, contact me on my website. I will help you, whatever. If you don't, it just, it, that's an immediate. Get the fuck out. Um, exactly. Um, or if you feel like you're in danger or the person you're with is doing something dangerous or illegal or it's just not right, right? But barring any of those kind of more extreme situations, if both you and your partner can be committed to going to therapy, going to couples therapy, and working to at least try to save the relationship and or the marriage, then do that. Do that first. But really both people need to be equally committed to that. Or at least maybe one person's more excited about that idea and the other person's like, okay, I'll give it a try. That's also fine, right? Because sometimes people can turn around when they go to couples therapy. Um, and the reason why I'm recommending this is because all I do all day long in life is talk to single people yeah. who are generally happy and living wonderful lives, but they are missing that extremely important piece of the life puzzle. And that's human connection and companionship. 
Yeah. And it's there's not more to marriage than just, you know, love and spark. It's about like, like companionship and like a life partnership to get shit done more efficiently in a lot of ways too. Yes. Um, which I think is not, you know, obviously it's not romantic to say that, but it's, it's reality, you know? So yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you and it's, it's about having somebody to go through all of life's ups and extremely low downs together. Um, I mean, doing that alone is really, really hard and there's science behind that too. I mean, there was the, yeah. you know, there's the happiness study done by Harvard that was followed people for almost a hundred years. And what they found was that, um, the one thing that it all boiled down to throughout these people's lives that led them to lead longer lives, like live longer and be happier was having a relationship, knowing that there's someone in your corner has your back. You are fully supported and you support them. That giving and taking of love and support um, mm -hmm. is extremely important. And so people think that you know, dating, you know, people think the grass is, well, you know how it is. You think the grass is greener on the other side. You'll be happier once you get out and, you know, get yourself out of the situation that you're not like super excited about anymore. But the reality is that dating today is harder than it ever was before. Despite all the options that are seemingly available to singles, um, we know, and I know firsthand, they're just not easy. And so, yeah, and I think sometimes some of like all of the options create this illusion for pe people who maybe think that they can do better or there's something more out there because look at all of these faces that are popping up on a day-to-day -day basis or something like that. Yes. Yes. And that is, that is 100% true. And I tell people, unless the situation is truly toxic and it is unfixable, I actually think the grass is greenest when you tend to it regularly, you fertilize it, you water it, you treat it with love, and you stay committed to your damn lawn. You just, yeah. you make it work. If you I love can. that, that metaphor that you just used, the <laughs> grass is greener where you water it. And so I, I feel like people ask me, like when if I'm a podcast guest, people often ask me about my relationship and my marriage. Mm -hmm. And I don't talk about my marriage often mm -hmm. on like Instagram because I just hold it very sacred. And I, but I, I always hold my husband up to a very high standard when I speak about him. I don't like snark about him or any mm -hmm. of that stuff, but that is not to say that like on a day-to-day -day real basis that nothing ever happens that, um, you know, drives me crazy about him or anything like that, or that, you know, certain situations don't arise that I'm like, why the fuck did you do that? Or like, you know, these things, but that's just life. That's reality. I find like in my relationship, when I feel myself feeling that way, if I feel annoyed by my husband at certain times or something, I try really try to shift my mentality and think about, I need to put in more effort right now, because if I'm feeling like that, I know that I need to reconnect with him somehow. And even though you feel like you don't want to be like maybe the cheerleader at times like that, when you're not feeling the 100% or whatever, that's the time where you need to kind of sometimes step up to the plate a little bit more and be the cheerleader. 
hundred percent agree. And you know what? And and sometimes I notice, and I'm lucky to say this, I notice that my husband does that sometimes. Yeah, my husband, same. My And I should say that my husband does that for me all the time. He's the bigger per- person quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, and then I actually, that's funny that you, this conversation can very easily segue into this whole idea with Valentine's Day coming up. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I think that doing the little things throughout your relationship daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is to water the grass, tend to it, fertilize it. I mean, yeah, sometimes little patches. Your husband's like, fertilize it, fertilize yeah, my it. Husband, like, my oh, husband loves God. to fertilize. <laughs> don't they all um yeah so basically we you you um we were gonna move into this last little topic because next week is everybody's least favorite holiday as i mentioned i used to actually love valentine's day until i met my husband and he hates valentine's day because he was like it's this hallmark holiday and i don't need a day to show my love for you and i was like but i've always loved valentine's day so but what I was going to ask you, or what are some tips that you have for people who don't want to hate Valentine's Day anymore, or don't want to feel like shit about Valentine's Day? Okay. So I like to reframe Valentine's Day. I'm not going to say I'm the matchmaker who hates Valentine's Day, because I just feel like that's not good optics for me. <laughs> um, but realistically, I'm with your husband. I actually agree that it's like a hallmark consumeristic holiday. But Realistic, I, I don't know, like I think expressing love, whether it's romantic or love towards your friends or your family, or even love towards strangers, like these yes. acts of kindness, all of those things, and especially in a relationship though, I think that they mean so much more literally any other day of the year rather than the day that Hallmark says that we're supposed to do it. Because there's a nationwide reminder on every piece of media that it's Valentine's Day. Don't forget to get your wife flowers. You know, all of that BS. I I, I don't buy into it. But what I've kind of done is I like to reframe Valentine's Day, right? So let's use this day or month as a kickoff to the year where you are going to intentionally show love to yourself and to others, like very intentionally. It's easy to- I'm telling everybody I see that I love them on Valentine's Day, starting on Valentine's Day. Yes. Yes. That's one thing you can do, right? So, um, So I think it's really important to do two things, right? To intentionally plan- how you're going to show yourself love. And by show yourself love throughout the year, I don't mean um, love yourself. Just love yourself. That's BS. No, I mean, do things that you're going to have fun doing or might have fun doing and see what sparks joy and happiness for you, right? Yeah. Try different things. Uh, Think about an activity you loved doing as a kid and plan to recreate that one week. Um, whatever it is, right? Mini golf, 
bowling, whatever. Um, yeah, or I just booked a trip to Miami with my gay friends in March. And actually, that sounds. That, I'm, I love myself for doing that. I love you so much, and I actually am very inspired by that. And I might be doing the same. That's a great idea. So yeah. So so doing all of those things, right? And then obviously showing love to others. That just comes back to you, like you said. I mean, pick a week where, um, if you're in a relationship, pick a week where you are going to leave cute or sexy or sweet little notes for your partner around the house. Just that one week, but like put it on your calendar. You're going to do it that week, Monday through Friday or whatever it is. Um, or I don't know, plan, plan, a um, book, a book an online cooking course. Um, yeah. and sit down one evening, right. And make that plan because your partner loves to cook. Okay. It's for them, but that experience together is, you know, it, it, it brings you guys together. It's bonding. Also, just so you know, Valentine's day, I'm doing a whole another episode later today about ideas that are not Valentine's day, like restaurants, chocolates, flowers. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. But you know, rent a karaoke machine and have a karaoke night in your living room. Or oh, I would <laughs> do that every night. Um, so actually, so what I did this year actually for Valentine's Day is I created a free download. It's a year of love planner. Um, it has a ton of ideas on how oh, cute. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be available on my website, also on my Instagram link tree. And so it's free, just download it and it has a ton of ideas on how you can show yourself love and learn more about what you love and also ideas on how to express love towards your partners, your family, your friends, strangers, like spend an evening making homeless care packages so that you have them in your car to give to a homeless person when you see them. Like all that stuff just just creates more love around you. And so I love that. It's a guide, it has a calendar, you can plan everything, put it on there so that you're intentional about it. And after every month I put like a little journaling page if you want to jot down like which things you loved and which things not so much and you can go back to that, you know, and kind of repeat the things that you really enjoyed. So yeah, um I I don't know, just take the whole romantic side out of Valentine's Day and just Make it about reminding your love. Yeah, really. Just show yourself love and and show others love. And, you know, that will bring about the energy that you want and need in your life. That's great, Soph. <laughs> I um I appreciate all of your thoughtful and useful answers. <laughs> and um I am going to post in my show notes today about where people can find you, um, your website, your insta, etc. But just if you want to rattle it off real quick while they're listening, go ahead. Sure. Um my website is www.sophie.love. That's S-O-P-H-Y dot love. And my Instagram is at matchmaker Sophie. So just look me up there. You can DM me directly. You can, the the free um, dating directory, the complimentary dating directory, just click get started. Takes you right in there. You submit your information. Happy to chat with anybody. Um, and usually even people who are signing up for my complimentary database do um, end up meeting with me or my assistant um, so we can get to know them better and find out what they're looking for. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much. Thank I you. really love you, Sophie Love. <laughs> I love you too, Caitlin. And um, awesome. I, I will talk to you soon. Thanks again for being here today. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, Sophie. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're looking for any of the resources from the episode, you can check them out in show notes. Again, if you liked listening, I'd love it for you to subscribe. Until next time, peace out.